0: You're listening to Focus Faith Podcast with Carrie Powers. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, for continuing to listen. It's always a pleasure for me to have you on board with this journey that I keep taking with the podcast. This week, I had to take my mom to UC Davis. She has glaucoma and she goes to UC Davis and sees one of the best probably the best doctor on the subject. He handles all of the pediatric glaucoma cases in the state of California. So he's the best of the best and she's fortunate enough. We're fortunate enough to live about an hour and a half from his location. I say an hour and a half, but really we plan for about a two hour drive once we get parked and, you know, get situated. So it's a bit of an ordeal, but we're fortunate. We're fortunate to be able to take her to see the best. And he was just able to do a procedure on her left eye that happened a couple months ago. And he went in and cleaned out the drain in her eye, basically, which has allowed the fluid. To drain off of her eye correctly so that she's not going to have further damage to the optic nerve. Amazing procedure and we've had huge success since then. Her pressure's been way down in that eye so we're super super grateful and fortunate again to be able to take her to see him. My mom is lost vision in her right eye so it's very important that we do everything we can to preserve the vision her left eye but as i was sitting there in the waiting room watching all these people file in to see him and to see the other people in his office all i could think was these people have a known problem we found the problem there's something wrong with their eye eyes and they've come to the right place they've come to the one who can help them who can hopefully give them whatever procedure they need or the medication that they need but to be able to prevent blindness and what an amazing thing that is and the ability to be able to to treat it is amazing but it got me thinking about an encounter that jesus has with the blind man he has several encounters with blind men throughout the gospels, but this one in particular got me thinking about the blind man outside of Jericho and the scriptures actually give us his name, which is a bit unusual really, but, um, his name is Bartimaeus, which is a bit of a mouthful. doesn't really roll off the tongue. Does it Bartimaeus? I mean, we could call him Bart maybe anyway, that's not necessary the course of the conversation here so I'm going to read in Mark 10 starting at verse 46 then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city a blind man Bartimaeus that is the son of Timaeus was sitting by the roadside begging when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth he began to shout Jesus son of David have mercy on me Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. This is a great description here of an encounter of Jesus and this man. I love that we're given so many details as well. We're given the place that this man used to beg, which was outside of Jericho. We're given his name and we're given his father's name. So it's very important, and it was important for the people that Mark is writing this for, a Jewish audience, uh, more than likely. This would have been Peter's account that Mark is writing down for him. And what we see here is that it was necessary that everyone be aware of who this is because people were familiar with him. So it wasn't like just some guy that Jesus healed, but this would have been Bartimaeus, you know, the guy that is always sitting outside of Jericho begging. So he would have been known. And it was important that the readers understand that this is who they're talking about. And they could have looked him up, you know, (laughs) they could have found him and they could have verified that this actually had happened. So some great details here but i love the fact there's so many things about this that i love but i love the fact that this man would not stop he knew that jesus son of david so son of david would have been a reference to the messiah so he understood by declaring that jesus was the son of david he understood in that moment who he was talking to he was talking to the messiah And he knows that the Messiah is the one who can heal him. So he won't listen when everybody tells him, hey, you know what? Be quiet. He won't stop. I love the fact that the blind man saw what so many others missed. You know, he couldn't see. So he wasn't able to see all of the miracles that Jesus had performed. So he had only heard about this Jesus. So he didn't need to see with his eyes what he knew that he was dealing with the Messiah. And he wasn't going to take anybody's word for it. and He wasn't going to let anybody deter him off of his mission to get close to the Messiah. He knew who he was dealing with. And he knew that Jesus could heal him. It's so very important that we all understand some very important key factors. And we need to understand just what this blind man understood. We need to understand who Jesus is and that he can do what he says he can do. And that's what we see here with the faith of this blind man. So they rebuke him. They tell him to be quiet and he shouts all the more. He's bold, and he's persistent, he's determined, and he's loud, and he ignores the crowd. In our pursuit of Jesus, there's going to be obstacles, and there's going to be people that are not going to understand what we're doing. There's going to be people that don't understand our desire to be close to Jesus, our desire to follow Jesus, or maybe we're going to make changes in our life because of our relationship with Jesus that not everybody is going to get. And that's okay because they don't need to understand. They're on a different journey with the Lord. They're on their own journey with the Lord. So they don't need to understand yours. But what's really, really important is that we don't let those other people get us off track of what it is that we know God's calling us to do, what it is God wants us to do in our own life." So he's determined and he doesn't listen when everybody tells him to be quiet. So Jesus stops and says, call him. So they call to the blind man, cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. So throwing his cloak aside, he jumps to his feet and came to Jesus. There are things, not only people in our life that maybe wanted to tear us off of our course, but there are things in our life that maybe wanted to tear us off of our focus. There are things in our life that can be a distraction from the Lord and from our pursuit of him. And we have to be willing to toss all those things aside and go in the direction that we know God's calling us to. It's total healing. It's healing on the other side of that. So it's the enemy that wants us to get tied up with all these things of the world that really don't mean anything so that we are not where God has called us to be and that we're not walking into this freedom that God has designed for all of us. So maybe as you listen to this, you can really ask yourself, are there things in your life that maybe you need to be aware of, um, things in your life that are a distraction to you? And maybe there's something that he's asking you to kind of Throw aside. So really this just being aware of these things. Ask him to show you if there's things in your life that are you're getting tangled up in that he's really wanting you to let go of, you know, in order to stay on track of pursuing him. Paul says in Philippians 3 that um, he'd come to the point in his life where he counted everything else lost compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. That's what he says. And I really want that to be the focus and the design of my life. I want everything else to be second to him, second to pursuing him, to living my life for him. And that I don't want anything to tangle up you know, in my life and to keep me from walking into the calling that he has for me. And so I pray that that's your heart's desire as well, that everything else in your life would be second to this incredible pursuit of him. So let's not get tangled up. Let's throw it aside and not be deterred from following him. And then what does Jesus say to this blind man? He asks them a question, which Jesus is famous for asking questions. That's how he often started a conversation was with the question, as every good teacher does. And he doesn't do any different here. He says, what do you want me to do for you? Isn't that a funny question? I think it's a funny question because really it's an obvious, isn't it obvious? I would imagine that everybody there knew what this man wanted from Jesus. I think every single person that heard this man yelling for Jesus knew exactly what he wanted from Jesus. I mean, everybody knew he was blind. So if he's going after Jesus, I think it's pretty clear what it is he was looking for, right? So why is Jesus asking this obvious question? Here's the thing about Jesus. He's not going to step in and clear up things in our life that we are unaware of. So we really do have to do the work in our life in order to figure out what it is that we need him to heal. Because here's the thing. We really do have to name it. We have to hold it out there for the Lord. And we have to say, this is what I need you to do for me. And it goes beyond just the obvious, right? It goes beyond just... I need you. It it, it can start with the obvious. It can start with just the very, I need you to fix my marriage. That's what I need you to do, Jesus. I need you to fix my marriage. I need you to free me from the grip of substance abuse. I need you to set me free from anxiety, from depression, from fear. I need you to heal my body. Because I'm sick. Sometimes it seems so very obvious. These are obvious things that we need the Lord to do. But it goes a little deeper than that. Usually it goes a little deeper than that. But because it isn't so much just, I need you to heal my marriage. We have to be able to do the work on ourselves and dive in deep into our own heart and into our own life and into our own past experiences we have to be self aware enough to be able to say jesus i need you to help me deal with the past hurts in my life that cause me to not trust in my relationships or it caused me to sabotage my relationships. I need you to free me from this grip of shame that I have in my life because someone in my life who was supposed to love me didn't or did something to me during a very development state, developmental stage in my life, a very key point in my life. And it's caused me now to struggle in areas of my life with anxiety or with depression. You see, it goes beyond the obvious. We have to do the work in our own life to be able to name it, to be able to hold it out for the Lord and say, this is what I need you to do for me. And sometimes it is. I need you to heal me. But we've got to be able to tell them what it is that we need healing. What is it that we need him to actually do? We have to be a participant in it. We have to be a participant in our own healing. Because we have to be aware enough to know what this needs to be healed. Because then it's a process between us and the Lord. See, if he just stepped in at the point of salvation, let's say, if he just stepped into our life and he just did a little cleaning up, you know, and fixed things that needed to be fixed and cleaned up areas here. And, you know, it would be just like if I did that with my children. And if I went in and cleaned up their room for them every time it was a mess. I could do that. But what would happen the very next day? Or the very next hour. Those of you who are parents will know the answer to this. Because the very next hour, it would be a disaster again. Because I had done it for them. They didn't learn anything. They didn't learn how to put their clothes away. They didn't learn how to pick up after themselves. So it's a continual thing. I would have to be ready to continually step in, right? And continually clean up after them. That's not what God wants for us. If he stepped in and just immediately cleaned everything up, we wouldn't learn anything and we wouldn't grow and we wouldn't mature. And he's not looking for perpetual infants. He's looking for people who are going to mature, who are going to feast on his word and actually develop into full-blown, mature followers, disciples of Jesus. That's what he's looking for. So, we need to be able to name it. Tell him what it is that we need him to fix in our life. You know, looking around that that room the other day and, and watching all of these people come in, waiting to see the doctor, they all knew what was wrong with them. They all knew the reason that they were there. It wasn't a mystery. It wasn't like they just dropped out and showed up and was like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I guess there's maybe something. No, they knew. They had gone to previous doctors, they had been aware of a situation and they were handling it. So they were, they were there for a very specific reason. We can't just be so aimless, you know, in our in our pursuit of Jesus. We have got to be focused. We have got to live our life on purpose and part of that a very big part of that is allowing the holy spirit into our very deep places into our life to show us what it is maybe that we haven't dealt with that we need to deal with it sometimes i've heard people say that came to jesus and they and they and they you know they've tried him out, so to speak. And um, they've actually used those words. Those words are actually used. You know, I've tried out this Jesus thing, but I don't know that it's working for me. And my question is always the same. What has been your pursuit, though, of him? And have you really allowed him in? And have you done your part in examining yourself To see if you've really allowed him in to make changes. Because accepting Jesus doesn't mean he just goes in and does it for you. He asked this blind man, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man had to name it. He had to tell him. He had to say, Rabbi, teacher, I want to see We have to be able to name it. If it's fear that we're gripped in, then we have to be able to name that fear. We have to be able to come before the Lord and we have to ask him to show us what it is that we need to be freed from if we don't even know. Because maybe we don't even know. And maybe just maybe we're going to need a little bit of help in order to maybe figure out what that is. And that's okay too. Because there's nowhere in scripture that says we're doing this journey by ourselves. because we're not, we're supposed to be doing it within community. We're supposed to be doing it with each other. We're supposed to be doing it alongside each other. So absolutely ask for help. If there's something that you think you've been struggling with, that's maybe a pretty big issue in your life and seek godly counsel, seek people that you trust. And allow the Holy Spirit to reveal these things to you. But that's going to take some work on your part. And then Jesus says, go. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Because it's really quite that simple, isn't it? He just believed him. He just believed that that Jesus is who he says he is and that he can do what he says he can do. And he can do it in your life too. And he can do it in my life. So I don't know what it is that might be blinding you today, that might be keeping you from really understanding possibly who Jesus really is, his incredible mercy. His incredible love. The lies of the enemy can be a powerful thing. And maybe they were told to us at a very impressionable time in our life. And we are believing them as just absolute truth. So maybe we need to renounce some lies that we've been believing. So maybe it starts with a true understanding and acceptance of who we are in Christ. You know, our identity As a believer, our identity as a daughter, as a son of the king, maybe we need to be refreshed on that. And maybe we've been believing some lies about our own identity that we need to lay down. And maybe we just need a real true encounter with Jesus. Ask him. Ask him to show himself to you today. Ask him to reveal himself in just a very personal way to you and then ask him to help you not miss it because we could get we can get so busy. So what can we learn from this blind man, Bartimaeus? What can we learn from Bart? We can learn that we should not be deterred by the crowd. That no matter what other people might say, that we should not allow them to throw us off of our, pursuit of him. And that maybe we need to throw aside some things that might be trying to distract us or trip us up. Maybe there's things in our life that are that we're doing that just really we need to stop. you know, they're just not for our benefit, not for anybody's benefit. So maybe there's some things in our life we need to throw aside and and maybe we've really got to do the work in our life to be able to name what it is that we really need healing from. So maybe it's opening our eyes to a blindness that's just been so much a part of our life that we don't even realize it anymore. Possibly. Well, I'm going to wrap this up. Last week's podcast was meaty <laughs> and good, but long. And this one... Um, I just wanted to be an encouragement to you, just a just a blip that you could just listen to on your way to work um, or wherever and just to be encouraged that I don't know where you're at in your life, but I know that uh, God loves you and wants so very much to be a part of every single area of your life and that healing is possible no matter what you have going on. So thanks so much, for tuning in. Again, you're listening to Focus Faith Podcast with Carrie Powers. And um, follow me on Facebook in order to stay up to date with everything. But it's been a pleasure and God bless.